Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Followers of Jesus live out the grace of God by following the will of God given to us in the Word of God with the motivation and the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again so we're we're in a good place there. Followers of Jesus live out the grace of God by following the will of God and the Word of God with the motivation and help of the Holy Spirit. In our studies in the book of Galatians, we've been talking about the wonderful adoption by God of all who put their trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. The next step for many of us is to figure out how then shall we live? Since we are no longer slaves and now children, God wants us to live as His children. In Galatians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul explains that we are to live out the grace of God by following the will of God and the Word of God, motivated by grace and helped by the Holy Spirit. This is Practical Teaching. Here's Pastor Jim. The Apostle Paul has been talking to the churches in Galatia about religious slavery versus being adopted as a son or daughter of God through Jesus Christ. Now, we had said that the Apostle Paul founded these churches while he was traveling around visiting some of the older churches that he had planted already or started already, while he was out there starting some new churches, some false teachers came into the churches in Galatia. Most people think southern Turkey we're talking about, some would say northern, uh, preaching a gospel of, okay, Jesus is good, but you need to add something to it. So we call it Jesus plus. In their case, it was Jesus plus circumcision, not a a big deal today, Uh, but there is still legalism in a lot of places. You know, some of you have come from some of those places. You have to dress a certain way, wear your hair a certain way, kind of a list of things that are expected. But as we're going to talk about tonight, there is a legalist in all of us. There there is a, a legalism that lurks in all of our hearts and the Apostle Paul is trying to undo that. You say, what is legalism? Legalism, we'll just put define it as this way for tonight. Legalism is seeking to earn or keep God's favor because of our efforts. Legalism is seeking to earn or keep God's favor as a result of our efforts. It doesn't mean that sometimes the things we do do not displease the Lord, But if it's dependent upon our efforts, it's not dependent upon Christ's efforts on the cross. It's not dependent upon the grace of God. Now, for years, those of you who are older, you tell me whether you're older or not. I'm not going to make that determination. Okay, girls, (laughs) and you old men. For years, we battled legalism. There still is some strands of it here and there. In our day, more the concern is hyper-grace, 
Hyper grace is that it doesn't really matter how you live because of the grace of God, but that's not true either. Both extremes miss the point. Followers of Jesus live out the grace of God by following the will of God given to us in the word of God with the motivation and the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again so we're, we're in a good place there. Followers of Jesus live out the grace of God by following the will of God and the word of God with the motivation and help of the Holy Spirit. We live out the word of God not as slaves afraid of a master. Rather, we live out the word of God as children who want to please their father. So in other words, we obey out of love, not out of requirement. Comes to the down to it and you're like, well, I don't really feel like doing this. Well, then just do the right thing and you'll see that you're obeying out of love. We obey out of love. Uh, to put it another way, the law, and let's, we've been talking about the Old Testament law. Let's, let's just, for our kind of language thinking, let's talk about our behavior. The law or our bad behavior was meant to drive us to grace, to make us see that we need God's grace, that we cannot be saved or live for God without his grace. So the law was meant to drive us to grace and then motivated by grace, motivated by the grace and forgiveness of God drives our behavior. Do we understand that? Basically, our inability to live out the Christian life drives us to the foot of the cross and looking up and seeing the crucifixion crucified Savior dying in our place for our sins motivates us then to live for him. So, so while the discussion here in Galatians of salvation by grace rather than works has ended, Pastor Paul, and remember the apostles were pastors, Pastor Paul is concerned that the exposure to false teaching is messing with the Galatians' heads. And what's happening as a result of false teaching is they are going backwards in their faith. The problem is they think they're moving forward because they're into the deeper things, the better things, the additional things. But they are losing the simplicity of the gospel and they are going backwards. He says, verse eight, but then... Indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. Now, there's two groups of uh, people in the church in Galatia, the, the Jews and the non-Jews. But let's just think about most of the people that are in the Roman Empire. They are enslaved. They were enslaved to paganism. They were enslaved to the things of the world. You say, oh, we don't have stuff like that. We do. We do. We have brains that are never quiet. Just, just watch what happens when your car radio isn't working for a week. You're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> we, are, we are obsessed with how we look. It's better than when we were teenagers, but we're still obsessed with, with, with how we look. We, we are so emotional. 
about so many different things that are really not that important. And we're just enslaved to so many of these things. Uh, verse 9 is a warning. I, I want us to read verse 9. So can we put it up on the screen there? He says, uh, but now after you have known God or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. So let's leave it up there and let's go really slow. This is such an important verse to really understand this. I, I actually thought about just giving a sermon on this and finishing all of chapter uh, four tonight, but for some reason didn't happen. But now he says, after you have known God, they were enslaved to the things of the world. He came into Galatia. He preached the gospel. They believed. And after now, he says, after you have known God, but then what he says next is incredible. He says, or rather, we might say, well, whoa, 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 whoa. let me be more specific. I said, you, you, you know God. Let me clarify this for you. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God. You are now known by God as a son or daughter of God. Let that sit. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. You are known by God as a son or daughter of God. He says, how is it that you turn again? How? He's saying, how can you turn back? How can you go back to the way you were before to the weak, think, no power, no power. You know, one thing I'll say, we are, we are a messy family as Christians, but we, I've seen Christians change in things that other people could never dream of changing in. Just can't, can't do it because they lack the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, how can you turn again? How can you go back to the weak? And I love this next word, and beggarly <laughs> elements, how can you turn your back on your inheritance to these weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? He's saying to them, how can you go back to that? Why would you ever go back to that? Why would you ever want to go back to that? Now again, as I just said, remember the apostles were pastors and here we see the apostle Paul's heart. Uh, we saw it in 2 Corinthians <laughs> in every verse just about as he pleads with the people in the churches in the area of Galatia. Now let's oversimplify it and just say in those churches there were two types of people. There were Jews and there were non-Jews. He's been telling the Jews that you were enslaved to the law in an unhealthy way. You didn't, you didn't realize you couldn't live it. You needed God. You, you called upon his mercy, and then because of his mercy and love, you sought to live it out. You were trying to live it out in an unhealthy way, thinking like God was going to be so impressed and, 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 and commend yourself that God would be commended to you and you to him because of the way you lived. To the non-Jews, he's saying to them, you're part of the Roman Empire. 
This is the pagan palace. <laughs> this, is, this is paganism, false gods at its best or its worst. And he says, they are not gods at all. In other words, he's saying, listen to those people. You were once ignorant of the true and living God. And then you came to know him. Why in the world would you want to go back? Now, loved ones, let me tell you this. This is one of the true signs that you are a believer, that you know someone who appears to know the Lord and they walk away from the Lord or they go far from the Lord. They turn their back on the Lord and you experience such pain and anguish in your soul. You say, but, but they walked away. No, 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 no. Because you have God's heart. This is one of the ways you know you're a believer. If people I just walked away. What an idiot that guy is. Or, well, 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 you know, have a good time in hell, buddy. See you later. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Some people would say, well, but it was the false teacher's fault. They're coming and they're saying, you know, the Jews have to return to the law. And, and the non-Jews have to go back with them. They, they, have to, they have to be under the law too. But what the Apostle Paul is explaining to us is any form of self-savior, whether it be the law or whether it be some form of paganism, is to be enslaved. Now, many people, probably most people in the United States, are self-saviors. Did you know that? They think they save themselves. Why are you going to heaven? I'm a good person. That's a self-savior. They're trusting in themselves. Others would be different. They think this life, hey, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. So they worship whatever it is that makes them happy. Think of some of the things that people want more than God. What will they do to get it? Virtually anything. And religion, I think the hard part for him is, is these false teachers and, and, and the Jewish people in the congregation. Religion provides perhaps the most deceptive danger of all because it can take good things and can turn them into idols. It can take good things that we should do for our own spiritual growth and turn them into things of, while they might be indicators that we are Christians, they are not what make us to be Christians. You see, when you talk to people, I don't know if you do, when I talk to people who, who are uh, unconverted pagans, let's just call them that, you know? Pagan Pete next door, no, no offense to the people named Pete in the audience. You know, a lot of them know that they're in trouble with God. A lot of them know it. Now, I'm not saying they care, but they know it. But the unconverted religious person who is trusting in what they do, not in what Christ has done, they go to hell going to church. They go to hell praying. They go to hell reading their Bible. They go to hell with all kinds of good works if they're trusting in their activity to get them to heaven. So are you going to heaven? Yes. How do you know? I read my Bible. 
On our outreaches, you ask a lot of people, how do you know you're going to heaven? Because I go to church. Because I go to church. Now, the key in both of these verses is he talks about knowing God. By the way, one of the great books of the Christian faith, if you haven't read it, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. No, uh, no charge for the endorsement. He's now home with the Lord. So, the, so knowing God is the key in both of these verses. Why? Because that is the essence of conversion and salvation. I mean, that is, that is the result of what happens. You are converted, you're saved, you put your trust in Jesus, and you know God. Now, it's hard to tell from here in the Galatian churches, and it's probably a combination. Uh, are they giving into a season of poor choices? Are they believing just a lot of really bad theology? Or is it possible that some of them were actually never converted? We don't know. Let's put that aside then. And let's focus on something here that is so important. He says to them, you are known by God. What is he saying? Well, you think, well, God knows who everybody is, but not everybody knows God. So what, what is he telling us? I think he's telling us you must understand that God, you think, oh, I know God. And he goes, no, no, rather God knows you. God put his favor on you first. It wasn't that you woke up one day and you said, oh, I think I'll believe today. God put his favor upon you first. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it is because the grace of God opened your eyes to see that you are a sinner and you need a savior. And, and that's still true today. You still know it. You, you, for a second, are you saying, oh, it's all because of me? You know it's because of the grace of God. 1 John 4.19 says this, We love him because he first loved us. Uh, most versions put it this way. We love, and the idea is we love God and people the way God wants us to love people because he first loved us. Now, I want you to set your eyes on because he first loved us. That is the basis of knowing God. You cannot know God unless God first loves you and you respond to that love. But God loving you first is also your assurance. That, don't feel bad about that. You should feel very confident about that because being a follower of Jesus is based in the fact that God knows you. Based in the fact of God's love for you. Not so much in your knowing him and your love for Jesus. Now you say, why is that supposed to make me feel good? Does your ebb, does your love ebb and flow? Does your faithfulness ebb and flow? 
And the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His doesn't. See, a lot of times we think that our relationship with God is dependent on our love for him backwards, backwards. It is dependent on his love for us, which is consistent and why we can always run to him. Now, let me tell you what that will do for you. That will produce for you, as you seek to absorb that, that will produce for you an incredible sense of security in following Jesus. Because you know that no matter what, he loves you. No matter what, because of what Jesus has done for you, he has received you, he has accepted you. So, so remembering God's love for you, remembering that he knew you first, that he loved you first, will give you a tremendous sense of security. Forgetting that? Oh my goodness, you, what insecurity. You're always going to be like, you know, out in the backyard now, that spring with the flower. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. You're not going to know. You're going to think that his love is dependent upon your behavior. So the gospel message is this. You are secure and loved by God in Christ. Amen. But listen to it. Let it sink in. You are secure and you are loved by God in Christ. So stop wasting your time trying to feel secure. Preach to yourself. Stop listening to yourself. Get, filling your own brain, your own soul with a bunch of gobbledygook and remind yourself of the Lord's love for you. Listen to what Paul told the Corinthians, the church that really judged him falsely. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. What did the Apostle Paul know about his relationship with the Lord? We talked about it recently in Galatians. When we believe, God sends his spirit into our hearts. So when God looks at the believer, he sees Christ in you, your only hope of glory. Other versions say your only hope of victory. And so the Apostle Paul says, listen, man, I know that God sees Christ in me, so I'm not totally stressed out about what everybody else thinks about me. In fact, he says, I'm not even stressed out about what I think about me. I'm not going to let them judge me on some false pretense. I'm not going to judge myself on some false pretense. I'm going to bask in the fact that God loves me. I'm imperfect. That drives me to the foot of the cross. That drives me to grace. Then by the power of the Spirit, I'm motivated to live for him. Christian freedom, despite what they're telling you today, maybe not in word, but in deed, Christian freedom is not freedom to sin, Christian freedom is getting off the approval treadmill of God. It's getting off the approval treadmill and experiencing God's love. 
It's knowing, remember we said, was it last week or the week before, that who does the adopting? The father, the parent, not the children. Remember then that the Lord willingly adopted you before you even knew him. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time...